Hey, travelers. Just stopping by to let you know that this episode that you are about to listen to is one of our older ones, and we were going through some growing pains at this time. But if you would like to start from where we consider our newest era of quality, I would go ahead and jump to episode 54, The American Bigfoot. Either way, enjoy, travelers. Everybody, welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Uh, Jeremy here. We have CJ and his buddy Mike from a project that they were doing for a little while. They put it on pause right now, the Mystery Stone Podcast. Mike, welcome to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Nice to have you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I'm super excited about going over this topic today. I was telling CJ last night while we were playing Ark a little bit that I have some pretty interesting stuff to ask you guys. And I think we're going to really dive deep into some some questions that are going to leave some people with some head scratching you know at the end of the episode and it's uh (laughs) we're going to the depths we are we're gonna go down the rabbit hole today for for sure i've practiced this question on people at work i practiced this on my old co-host jake um today we're gonna be talking about human consciousness and basically if you know I mean, I know a lot of people are definitely, they know what human consciousness is, but... Or they think they do. Or do they? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't. (laughs) Oxford Living Dictionary defines consciousness as the state of being aware of the responsive to one's surrounding. Also, a person's awareness or perception of something and the fact of awareness by the mind of itself and the world. Or in other words, is the ability to experience and feel. They say that consciousness is is broken down into three different elements of experience. They are perception, ideas, and emotion. And consciousness is considered to be a purely natural and biological phenomenon. Simple as that, huh? Simple as that. If you're talking medical definition, sure. So what other definition do you have? Well, I mean, you look at artificial intelligence. They made one that's conscious. It's aware of itself. That's not natural and biological. True. You know, for me, in terms of consciousness, you know, when we when we look at that that dictionary term, it's all, it's very superficial in that it's only kind of um, describing possibly only certain elements that consciousness can perceive. And when we're talking about uh, AI, you know, it's interesting because at what level does one define something to be self-conscious? Because we're talking about uh, technology, I feel like it would have to be imbued with some type of um, spirit or activating spirit or animating force. Mm-hmm. Um, other than electricity, in order for it to actually be uh, self-conscious. I mean, there's one thing to, for a code to be aware of itself and to reciprocate accordingly a response to that self-consciousness of code, but to actually be like literally self-aware <clears throat> and not like respond according to code is a whole other thing. And, and do I think it's possible that AIs are self-conscious or can be? Yeah, sure. And do I think that you can transport some type of consciousness to an artificial quote-unquote entity and have it be self-conscious yeah possibly i mean they are working on that now or they might even have that um ability in the world as we speak and we don't even know about it because there's a lot of shadows you know behind uh the world as we know that most people don't know so yeah in terms of consciousness i guess to answer your question um and a superficial answer for me um consciousness to me kind of seems like the pervasive and animating force behind everything in the entire universe that which kind of incites motion into the motionless that which incites everything into the nothing 
um, that which um, allows um, the universe to be uh, pretty much in effect. Um, so to me, it's just kind of an animating force, I guess, to start off. <laughs> I heard a lot of mystery stone in there. <laughs> well, honestly, man, this is this is where my head's at, you know. So wh whatever I put my uh, whatever I put my mind into, whether it be the mystery stone or my writings, and that's kind of just where my head's sitting. <laughs> the other the other thing is is when it comes to AI, it is a, an electrical uh, computer um, that, that, that's utilizing code, but mm -hmm. human beings are so very much as well. Mm -hmm. um, True. Mm -hmm. Uh, with with our brains and the way neurons and everything are set up and the pulsing and the electricity and the responses, we are quite literally a biological computer that operates on a code mm -hmm. where our consciousness, we, we define it in a spiritual term quite a bit. And uh, if you think about rebirth and the experience of the third dimension where we are right now, uh, and then, then and then re-experiencing the third dimension until we're ready to move on to the next one, the fourth or whatever, what plane that's going to be, the ethereal plane, heaven, hell, wherever the hell you think you're going. It's entirely possible then that at the same time that even though it's it's man-made and it's created by our hands, that this artificial intelligence is a consciousness exactly the same as ours, experiencing the third dimension uh, as a separate lifetime. Yeah, and for me, in terms of consciousness, um, it's almost as if, you know, I kind of view everything as like a spectrum. So to me, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, what what's the quality and quantity of the consciousness that we're speaking of? Because uh, consciousness to me is... Um, a level of degree. I think everything inherently in the universe has a consciousness. I think that nothing in the universe could be an, an effect or operative without some type of force or consciousness or animating force behind the scenes. So even like a molecule or a subatomic particle or a flark or a quark, like they all have their own inherent knowledge and evolutionary purpose that goes into the construction of the universe and everything we know in between. <clears throat> so in terms of an AI actually being self-conscious, I think that everything that makes up the AI itself has a consciousness, but not in the consciousness that we perceive to have the human consciousness, like not an awareness where we could transcend the third dimension. You know, we, we can experience time the way we experience time, which is considered the fourth dimension. So, in, but in terms of creating an AI that has a consciousness like humanity, um, I don't think that to the public, we have knowledge that they've done that so far. And that's just my opinion. And um, yeah, we, and then it, you can kind of go and talk about consciousness um as kind of like the the uh, a mixture of the cause and effect of uh, quality and quantity which you know in, a, in essence is its own code based on nature mm -hmm. and everything in nature has its own code that makes up you know the uh, the concretion the materialization of the archetypical idea that that creates it in, in nature um, from the all potentiality so it's it's almost uh, <clears throat> it's hard like, to, to answer your question to be more specific, because these are highly complex ideologies um, in terms of an AI, so far that we know it, I don't think it has a human-like consciousness. Um, and if it does have any type of consciousness, I feel like it's extremely narrow and maybe even might be a two-dimensional consciousness, even though it's in a three-dimensional object. Oh, so it's not ready to move on to the third plane yet, experiencing it on the second? Yeah, because I'm actually <clears throat> sure that they can really comprehend emotion in terms of viscerally they might be able to understand it in a code form or like in an, uh, a very basic interpretive interpretive understanding of it and then formulate complex ideas based off of it and i'm not necessarily sure that they can really truly comprehend time and um it's just, it's just the way that they're, they're they're animated and how they talk mm -hmm. and things like that um i don't know i just think it's a different degree of consciousness not what we're really kind of equating consciousness with yet that's that very um 
the all is mine universe is mm. mental mm. as above so below as within so without yeah. uh, mentality at the same time though what about sociopathy where we have human beings that are incapable of feeling emotions well in we're going to talk about <clears throat> sociopaths and psychopaths they are self-conscious like they are conscious but like you can almost kind of consider like a sociopath or a psychopath kind of semi-relevant to a narcissist which is kind of like on a fringe scale of the spectrum and then but then we have empathy on the opposite fringe scale of the spectrum where we have one who's empathetic who can really tune into other people's emotions vibes energies and they're really self-conscious and of their own emotions and how it affects with other people and they care about it and there's like you know the highly empathetic people they do that and oftentimes they end up caring about other people more than themselves so they're on the opposite end of the spectrum and then you have like the narcissists who don't give a shit at all. Oh, sorry about language or anything. Like no, that. They, they, don't, they don't care. Okay. <laughs> they, they don't care about like, they, they, they don't have that perception. And it's almost as if their ego is, their ego is completely taken over their, their uh, identity. And <clears throat> there's been some type of issue in the progress from childhood to uh, maturity where some type of thing happened where their personality kind of got overloaded on one aspect of the, the psychic spectrum and kind of neglected the rest. So I guess in terms of that, if you're a psychopath, narcissist, um, all that stuff, you're still self-conscious. You still have consciousness. It's just there's an aspect that the consciousness is not utilizing of one psyche. And I mean, there, there's like an aspect of, of, of humanity that's not being utilized by the consciousness itself. So that's kind of where I kind of would kind of put consciousness on the spectrum, you know, just in general. It just depends on what tools that consciousness can utilize. Let's say like an atom. They're very like like seemingly two-dimensional or one-dimensional or whatever however they're operating and th there's not much for it to grasp it's just part of the bigger whole it's kind of like selling our body and, and then we have the body ourself our like and that relates to the universe it, it's just it, it to me it's just consciousness utilizes the different vehicles of existence animates them puts them in the motion and uh, whatever tools that those um, vessels or, or or body holds that's what consciousness utilizes it's all about that vibration now the you know <clears throat> we have those like you said atoms they those are particles that vibrate in a in a, in a way that makes them behave like matter mm -hmm. but they, they there really is no such thing as matter it's just depending on how particles vibrate so mm -hmm. your, your consciousness <laughs> is just a series of particles it's vibrating in a different fashion and creates you uh, and then that moves on into the next plane as, as you move on and as you experience and and become more aware and uh transcended yeah so we're getting into some serious ideas <laughs> here you know <laughs> yeah, you, guys, you guys are definitely going in a completely different uh direction than i was expecting this is good though <laughs> yeah i'm a very i'm a very metaphysically uh, or abstractly inclined individual i don't know so i kind of view things in a more abstract manner because i feel in order to me personally i feel like in order to ever attain any type of feeling of ultimate truth or to even attempt to grasp at something that's unattainable to human uh, humans such as ultimate truth or like ultimate what is real behind what we're perceiving i feel that we have to make the concretion or the manifestation as abstract as humanly possible to the point where like you can't even describe it anymore it's more of like a feeling and then you have to like dumb to dumb it down just a little bit and limit it to a language to able to try to express it and have other people interpret it through their own filters so I guess that's my where I'm coming from with truth. That's why I explain a lot of things or ultimates in abstraction. Because I think if we're going to explain things in concretion, um, we're kind of just getting closer to the dense material world of what we're trying to explain. 
To be fair, I warned Jeremy this is how this conversation was going to go. <laughs> I got some words <laughs> I need to look up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I look all over, man. I look in, out, up, down, left, right. It's all the same. I looked at him and I was like, you have me and Mike in the same room. <laughs> this is going to turn into a metaphysical conversation very quickly. That's fine. Yeah, that's, I was a sh- that's, good. Yeah. that's good. No, dude, infinite rabbit hole. We like to go down every every alley we can. That's Yes, this isn't in the name, man. That's yeah. where I live. It's, uh, it's very important to the concept of this podcast to look at every single angle that we could possibly look at and this is good this is an angle that we haven't really explored in this podcast and that's why Mm -hmm. i was really excited to have cj join this podcast and replacing jake you know jake he brought the the christian worldview to the podcast which was completely different from wes and i Mm -hmm. so i needed to find somebody that was you know just as different and yeah. I, I didn't know anybody that can just fill in the hole of of the Christian worldview, but CJ had a completely different view on the world than than Wes and I. So I was like, "This is this is great." And you know, CJ was like, "Let me uh, let me bring Mike on for this episode." I was like, "Hell yeah, man! Let's let's go let's, let's go completely <laughs> different way." Let's bring in the psycho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, I, I was I was raised in Catholicism for um, you know, I, I abandoned the actual faith, you know, considering myself a Catholic and all that stuff when I was like 14 or 15 or so. But I was raised as a Catholic diehard from a kid and went to Catholic school. So, you know, I know the Bible inside, you know, pretty well. And I still respect the Bible. I still read it here and there as I do all holy books. So it's not, you know, um, I totally understand the perspective of uh, the Catholic and Christian faith. And I don't know if it's right or wrong. And I don't know if I'm right or wrong. And um, so I don't know. It's just uh, I appreciate all perspectives. Well, good. This is a good show for you then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Let's 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 dumb this down a little bit for me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got, I got a, my my first question here. Do you guys believe that the human conscious, just consciousness in general, it doesn't matter what being we're talking about, uh, but just for the sake of the show, we're going to talk about the human consciousness. Do you believe that the human consciousness is physically held on by the human body, and if so, where? That, that's con- that's contained. It, it's contained here. Your your consciousness, your you, your your soul, your your spirit, however you want to put that, is is really a a manifestation of a light. Mm-hmm. And and for that light to be here, we need some sort of vessel, some sort of pilot. Because if we're talking about the the ethereal dimension, they they vibrate on a much different level than us. And at that vibration, they're not able to exist on the third plane. So you need something, literally like a vessel, a ship, something like that. Uh, to vibrate at a lower frequency to allow you to experience the third plane. So the the idea of the human conscious, the spirit, the soul is, is definitely contained within the human body. Cool. Um, on my end, definitely something very similar. Uh, I, I do feel that um, consciousness can is is located to um, a body by our perspective, and that it seems that we have an individual consciousness and that we are individuated, um, no, like, like eternally individuated. And that it resides right here, right now in this vessel. I think outside of that, we're connected to the collective consciousness. Um, so it's almost as if um, the, you have the collective consciousness, which um, intercorrelates with the material realm, and they're almost they're one and the same, kind of like a kind of like a flame that's attached to the wax of a candle, and yep. the and, and the flame kind of burns and uses that wax for its uh, for its utilization. They kind of utilize each other. It's kind of how I see spirit and matter. You know, kind of one, one of the same thing, just two opposite ends of the coin, um, kind of harmonized as one. And in terms of consciousness in the human being, that kind of that might uh, manifest itself as an astral body um, that sheets the the material body. Um, I, I kind of feel as if consciousness in that perspective 
might be equilibrated to the positive aspect, you know, say like, you know, um, say like positive and negative, the two poles that operate the entire manifest universe, uh, we might have, if we're talking about electricity, which, you know, the spirit or animating force can be likened to electricity on a material plane, you can kind of see that as the active, the masculine, the positive force, that which animates and needs something to, to direct its, its force in order for it to be an operation. And we can kind of see the material body as the feminine or the negative aspect um, that in which the positive is attracted to. So almost as if that positive is attracted and meshed within the negative, mm -hmm. uh, the positive spirit and the negative matter. And um, just real quick, just to be clear the for point. the listeners on here, well, he's not referring to positive and negative as a good and bad concept. He's referring to more of polarity. It's the principle of polarity, um, which would take too long to explain here. But to, just to, just to clear that before the masculine is positive and female is negative, what this, the, the principle of gender and principle mm -hmm. of polarity are very different things than uh, the common American definition of those terms. So, yeah, how how I view everything is like. Like everything spawns from not everything and nothing as one, like all potentiality, and then it kind of differentiates itself into the positive and the negative poles. And you know those positive and negative archetypes manifest on the physical plane as as um as good, bad, uh, masculine, feminine, electric, magnetic, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know the two opposite ends of the light spectrum, color spectrum, shape, sounds. You know, so it's kind of like encompasses all that all, all those things that we experience but anyways that's that's digressing but um <laughs> yeah so I, I think it depends what aspect of consciousness we're talking about because i think consciousness itself is a lot more complex and can be attributed to different elements of existence um depending on the topic so that's why i kind of broke off into a couple different things there yeah, it's a, and just a layman's term a little bit, uh, kind of like a, a summary um, for a basic understanding. What Mike was talking about is this concept where we come from the all, um, the all, uh, we're thought, so the all is mind and the universe is mental, and then we're, we're in existence within the thought of the all. And at some point during our travels through these various planes of existence, eventually the all will reconsume us and we'll become one with the all once more and cease to be. Is that what's referred to as the collective consciousness? Well, yeah, in, in in a sense, it can be in a manifest form, like the collective. Let's see, you have the you have the collective consciousness of humanity. You'll have the collective consciousness of insects, of animals, which you know they can all schools of fish. You know they operate under some some type mm. of energetic current. You yeah. know, so it's like they all we have all in, in a material plane. We kind of view it as if it's like you know, but uh, almost, almost like a hive. Yeah, it's in, like in a way in, in manifestation, we kind of see things as separate or like they're doing their own thing. We're doing our own thing. We have human consciousness. We have our spectrum of consciousness. Animals have their own spectrum of consciousness. But in the grander scale, it all fits into one uh, into one spectrum of degree of consciousness. So I guess it depends. Like I said, once more, if we're looking at the microcosm or the macrocosm, the bigger picture, the little picture. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, that, that's why that's why the consciousness topic is uh. It has to, ha in my opinion, has to be separated out and, and dissected um, further um, in terms of what it's being related to, because I don't think it's necessarily one thing that could be explained, but a phenomena that can be explained according to different dimensions and different aspects of reality. So um, it's, it's, it's difficult. So when I asked other people this same question, I got much shorter answers, by the way. <laughs> you gotta understand jeremy this is something me and uh mike have have had deep discussions on on several occasions yeah this is my life so i get it yeah. i get it but let's, let's go over a little bit what other people gave me then so sure. 
I, I was talking to a couple of people at work and talking to a couple of people on the phone, talking to my wife and some, you know, other people that I, I socialize with every day. And I said, Hey, where is the human consciousness held? And you get one of two answers. A lot of people will either say, Oh, it's the brain or the heart. One of the two. Mm-hmm. That that's what I mean by the short answer. <laughs> that's that's what I got. And almost every <laughs> one of those, it was one of the two. And really quick, I did a Google dive into this to, to kind of find out if there was any experiments done or any scientific or medical facts backing up the location of where the human consciousness may be. And I came across this really awesome article on futurism.com where they state that scientists currently believe that the consciousness is composed of two components, arousal arousal and awareness. Uh, Then they go on to explain that arousal is regulated by the brainstem, but the location of awareness is still a mystery. And then in 2016, Mm -hmm. a team of researchers from Harvard University Uh, may have found actually where human consciousness might be stored. After studying head and or trauma patients, they were able to conclude that damage to the rostral dorsolateral pontine or pontine tegmentum was a strong deciding factor in whether or not the patient succumbed to loss of consciousness or not. Uh, This is a small area right at the top of the brainstem or right in the rear end part of the brain. Um, Of course, this is... This is only the first step in defining the physical location of consciousness. Now they need to wait for medical fields to conduct independent studies to either deny or confirm the findings of of that Harvard team. If found true, this finding could help uh, become critical to caring for patients who have suffered severe damage to the brainstem and may even help those who have been trapped in a vegetative state. So from what science and medical fields are telling us right now is that the human consciousness is in a physical location, which is at the back end of your brain or at the top of your brainstem. So we, we branch into a, a philosophical point there, too, where they're saying that it's, it's physically stored there. But we also have to explore the idea that maybe it's, that's not a storage thing. Maybe that's the wheelhouse of our vessel. Right. Where the consciousness is able to pilot the body from there. That's the steering wheel and the gas pedal and the brake pedal, not necessarily the container. If you have a lot of uh, religious views, such um, Hinduism, and, and you can see this if you read a book called the Bhagavad Gita, they believe that the consciousness is stored in this tiny little particle inside the heart that glows gold with light. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the idea that the consciousness exists uh, at the top of the spine within Kundalini. And Kundalini, there's a snake at the base of your spine. It crawls up there, and you have to master it and all this. Then you have uh, people that will tell you that it exists within the heart and the brain, like you said. And then there's a lot of uh, metaphysical ideas that uh, people's individual thoughts that the consciousness exists within the pancreas and the pituitary. Mm. So... Yeah, I've also heard a prominent idea that, you know, consciousness or the soul is stored between the eyebrows, and it's like, uh, it's in the in third it's, eye, in third eye, yeah. Not even necessarily at the third eye, the Ajna area, it's more so like kind oh, of, the Ajna, right? yeah, kind of like right between the eyebrows, um, in a sense, and which is interesting because, you know, certain religions and cultures, they, they'll shave the top of their head, um, and you can't even touch the top of their head because that's kind of like the antenna to the universe and to the, the eternal, and when they die, you know, they believe that their soul kind of goes out through the top of their head and uh, back to source or whatever so you know it's it's very fascinating and um you know in terms of that that science thing i'm not a scientist and i'm not claiming to take away their knowledge um i just have a perspective but in terms of that it kind of comes back once more to the fact uh the the idea that consciousness is just to me consciousness is just awareness and and what's and and if you have something that you're aware of you'll animate it Mm -hmm. um especially if you're enmeshed in it 
So it's more so to me, con there's still a consciousness there within that person. It's just, it's not conscious of anything because the, the, the tools um, that are necessary for that consciousness to utilize something to move or to be aware of are kind of damaged or out of operation. So it says that that consciousness is just kind of there dormant, waiting for something to be aware of to animate. All right, I'm, I'm going to start moving into my two big questions here. There's that science, well, right now it's science fiction. I guess it's medical fiction, unless they've actually done it, which I tried looking up uh, any proof that they have, but a, a brain transplant. So the miniature version of the big question I'm going to ask you guys is, if we were ever able to successfully transplant a brain from one human body to another, do you think that consciousness would shift over to the new human body? Do I feel like that previous person's consciousness will be trans um, transferred to the new body? Yes. Is that the question? That that one it's it's rough because and it's also been shown that if someone gets a transplant, say a heart transplant or a liver transplant, mm -hmm. sometimes that person who inherits the other person's body part in, inherits some of their personality. So there's almost as if there's like an energetic imprint um, on that body. And we if we look at the body it has an intelligence intelligence of its own. Um, it operates without our own consciousness. Like it has its own, it has its own functions. So it's um, in terms of the brain being transplanted over, I definitely feel, um, you know, honestly, I definitely feel as if the aware. See that that's tough. That's really tough because then we can go to like the collective consciousness of humanity and and it just utilizing the body. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> but I don't feel that. I don't feel that it would be the same. Like. I don't think it would be a different consciousness. I just feel that the consciousness that was initially magnetized to that vessel would have an entire new tool to utilize. And the personality to me is separate from awareness. A personality like the ego, the identity, is just a tool that awareness utilizes on a material plane mm -hmm. uh, to navigate it. So, you know, the, the awareness itself, which is, is to me neutral, it's like just an active awareness, um, might not even know that it has a new personality within it. Like, it might not even know. It would just go on resuming life as a different personality. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I view, definitely view the personality and attributions and all those things as separate from the actual um, term of consciousness. So that's my answer. I want to say strong maybe. Okay. Like a real strong maybe. Because the, the, the reality is, is we don't know for sure where it is stored. Mm -hmm. right. Or if it's stored at all. And there's this thing where, you know, you're, you've been in your body your entire life. Your energy is solidified in that body. Right. Right. So even if your consciousness did transfer with a brain transplant, you're still going to experience a lot. And I mean a lot of that residual energy that was left behind that vessel by its previous occupant. Mm -hmm. So that's probably where we get that that thing where like with transplant patients and whatnot where they're where they start um exhibiting facets of the previous person's uh personality they're they're absorbing that energy it's becoming part of them mm -hmm. so it, maybe maybe your consciousness would go with you but again maybe maybe the brain itself is just the method of operation it's not necessarily you yeah mm -hmm. that's what i'm thinking it's kind of just a tool another tool Mm -hmm. did another deep Google dive into this question. And I don't have one particular source, but multiple sources actually, where 
it seems that science and medicine kind of agrees here that if you were to do a brain transplant, that they do believe that, at least scientifically and medically, that the consciousness would transfer as well. And I asked many different mm -hmm. people about this too. And let me be perfectly clear about this. I'm asking normal people, you know, not doctors, not scientists. Most of them are in the Navy with me. And they said that they believe that consciousness would eventually transfer because I, I specifically asked those people, uh, the, the ones that said that your, your consciousness is in your heart. Um, if they did a brain transfer or a, a brain transplant, would your consciousness shift? And they actually agreed. The ones that said that your consciousness was in, was in the heart, they believe that it would be transferred with your brain. Um, and mm. then they ended up jumping shift over to the, to the brain. I almost got a, after that question, it pretty much turned into a hundred percent conclusion between everybody that the brain was mostly where it where it was held. And it, I personally think that the brain is what makes sense, but I don't know if that's because that's where our eyes are. You know, that's where our point of view is. I feel it's just because a lot of the time that's where we hold our consciousness. That's where right. we hold our focus. Um, you know, I've, I'm coming from a long, long um, time of like meditation and, and all types of other things. And uh, and I know during med meditation, you you can move your focus around your body to your heart area, your stomach, your legs. Um, it, it takes training, but you, you can still move your consciousness around. Then we have come to the idea of astral projection. And that's a phenomenon in itself where you can take your own consciousness and uh, astral body out of your own body. And, and you can go and, see and, the aliens on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if you're really, uh, if you're really, if you're really trained in it. But it's definitely a fact that it's it's a phenomenon, and um, it's it happens to at least ten percent of people, even unintentionally. And um, so, what what where is it to say like where is consciousness at when you're actually projecting? Because it's not in your body. Like your your awareness is not in your body anymore. It's outside of it. Yeah. So say the brain could be like a a house in that ax in, in that uh, that sense where like your consciousness. Maybe it is in there and it resides there, but mm -hmm. like I said before, like it's a wheelhouse and that's where it operates. That's how it controls the body, but it's not necessarily bound to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of that's the, that's the opinion I'm of. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's um that's uh, that's a highly speculative answer. But uh, it's just I, I don't think I don't think that the entire consciousness itself um would would, would just transfer. But it, it, it does it does bring up the idea of maybe splitting consciousness, like sp splitting um, uh, an area of consciousness and dividing it up. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that could be an idea, too. There's also this, this idea going off of that, too, that when, when those brain stems are severed to be transferred to the other body, that both those consciousnesses leave those bodies. They, they move to either their next life or they move to their next plane, wherever it is they're going, and the residual energy combines to create a brand new consciousness altogether. Yeah, maybe just like the uh, collective consciousness kind of fills it in. You yeah, I mean, just kind of, just kind kind of, of like, swirling mass of energy. Right. Kind of like, like in Jurassic Park where they had dino DNA and they were like, we need to fix this frog DNA. And they mm. just threw it in there to kind of create this whole new thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah. <clears throat> I should have asked you guys this before I asked this previous question, but with, with a quick answer because my, my next answer kind of builds off this one and then I have one other one that builds off the next one. But do you believe that the soul and the human consciousness is the same thing? No, I'm a no as well. When, when we're getting to the division the between soul and spirit, these concepts, um, which are highly abstract in themselves, it's, it's interesting because in a lot of different cultures, spirit and soul and different, and different word, there's different words and, that are used for these things. And even a lot of traditions, the spirit and the soul are different and spirit's the ultimate and soul's the inferior. 
and uh, a lot of you know then there's like the body mind soul or souls superior and the rest are inferior i kind of almost view the soul as just the infinite aspect of of one's essence kind of like the essence that makes up all things um and like consciousness itself is kind of just a manifestation of soul being infused into matter uh so you have like spirit spirit slash soul whatever you want to call it that's just kind of like the the all like just kind of like ultimate potential this and that left and right like the ultimate abstract and unknowable you know undifferentiated whatever etc cetera, etc cetera, essence of all things and then you have um matter which is like the other pole of that and then uh consciousness is just the effect of those two being enmeshed together as two sides of the same coin and uh yeah that's that's I guess that's my uh my quick answer for you i feel like uh i feel like the spirit and the soul like that concept um your soul is you that's who you are that's what will transfer at your time of passing that's that's what moves on and that consciousness is what the soul experiences mm-hmm. um it's the, the consciousness is not a thing it's an experience mm-hmm yeah, I think that's the thing. That's actually kind of like another way of saying what I was saying, in a sense. Right. Almost yeah. just like because we're dealing with semantics and like terms. I mean, that's kind of an know? important definition, though, if you really think about it. Like, because if, if you try to say something like the, the consciousness and the soul being the exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know that that that's a huge that's a huge meaning. Like, mm-hmm. you know what the, your conscious and your consciousness is aware of what we're experiencing on the third dimension, but the soul in itself has all the experiences from all the lives we lived on the various planes we've been at yeah maybe just everything too and and our consciousness and our awareness can't remember those things but at the time of our passing when we move on that's that whole uh, concept of enlightenment when you transcend the human form uh, and to become enlightened and all that mess um so your your consciousness is what your soul is experiencing and then when you when you leave this plane and you take all those experiences with you you'll have all those separate consciousnesses to look back on and be like okay this is this is this yeah so in that sense consciousness would be the effect right of of uh, yeah okay yep the mediator but it's interesting like is i'm curious like on your ticket like is is this just supposed to be for you know us to have like our theories like do you have anything of in terms of um theories or is that is that a part of this you know like in terms of your ideas on the matter yeah jeremy what do you think <laughs> uh i think bigfoot's real um that's about <laughs> it answer your question jeremy <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good man i wasn't sure the the focus you're good man so um this is so out of my wheelhouse this is not my specialty <laughs> whatsoever i think it's a very yeah. very interesting topic but, but my specialty is lore, urban legends, and cryptozoology. Mm, okay, that's kind of that's kind oh, of I my gotcha. specialty. Uh, I appreciate okay. conspiracy. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I, it's not mostly if if it's a conspiracy dealing with with creatures, yes. But if it's like a government conspiracy or anything like that, it's it's that's out of my wheelhouse too. To be honest with you, I like doing the research. I like talking oh. about it. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. It saves you a lot of insanity. <laughs> I love like diving into other people's knowledge about this stuff. I love doing research on a whole bunch of different topics that are, you know, brain scratchers. That's why I created this podcast. Um mm-hmm. but to to give you my short answer, um I believe that there has to be something. Uh 
Uh, this may be a real ignorant qu- uh, answer, but for me, that's perfect. Well, for me, uh, I look at the brain as just another piece of meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you look at brain tissue and you look at the the fat that's in your butt. Um, a lot of it's going to share a lot of the same building blocks of proteins, the everything. It's, it's all going to be fairly similar, except for the neurons and other things that are added to the brain that make it mm-hmm. the brain itself. But other, otherwise, if I were to take the, the ribeye that I bought by at Food Lion and I throw it in my head, it's not going to do the same thing as a brain would. <laughs> it only was that easy. It's missing the wiring for that. Oh, I, I I get that, but I mean, let's let's look at what the brain is itself. It's the brain is a slab of meat with a whole bunch of uh, biological wires connected to it. And hey, everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. I don't, I don't know. It, it's a very strange thing that we even have consciousness because really we're just a big old pile of bones, uh, fluids, meat, skin, hair, you know, and, and uh, the, yeah. the simple fact that we have consciousness itself is very fascinating to me. And I, I find it to be, you know, a miracle uh, that, that we can even exist, which brings me into a whole plethora of topics that i eventually want to cover on this podcast Mm -hmm. such as the simulation theory and and a whole bunch of other crap anyways yeah i love those i love those topics yeah even even the idea of artificial intelligence when you talk about uh computer chips and let's let's talk about computer chips for a minute right and i i'm not i'm not an electronics technician or an engineer in any way shape or form but you're talking about something that's built with silicone plastic copper wire some some solder some diodes and and some other things or whatever even even the simple fact tons of precious metals well even that (laughs) but i mean how how are you taking something as simple or as complex as a computer chip and putting information onto something that is just a physical thing i mean let's let's hold a let's hold a uh a computer chip let's crack it open what's inside of it it's just nothing but uh electronic components and what's inside those electronic components just more either raw materials or processed materials that are somehow creating this thing that with that gives a piece of electronic equipment the the ability to do something insane you know such as yeah it's like a conduit yeah a a lot of these things just kind of don't make sense to me i'm sure there's somebody out there that can explain it to me better than than you know what i believe in but i i think that that's why i chose this topic is because this topic is a very very interesting uh thing that just doesn't quite make sense to me so for me the the dumb answer here is that consciousness and soul i feel are the same thing i don't know any better yeah and you might be right yeah no it's definitely it's definitely not dumb you know it's a uh, oftentimes the simplest answer might be the best so. occam's razor yeah yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly so you know you might be right i believe it's in the brain i don't know if it's because that's where my point of view is uh because that's where my vision is closest to um mm-hmm. but it makes the most sense for somebody who hasn't done the research into it as much as somebody else may have and um that leads that's a really good segue into my first big question the one that i would not tell cj about yesterday 
Oh, dude, oh, man, you're giving me anxiety over this. It's not a joke. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to get some anxiety, too. <laughs> well, I really hope it, it lives up Drum to roll. The, I really hope it lives up to the to its expectations because, I mean, who knows? You guys may look at it and be like, well, that was a stupid fucking question. And <laughs> um, it, but, maybe it'll be the next purpose of my entire life. We'll see. Let's take two human beings. And, you know, just for the sake of, of this question, we'll take Mike and CJ. So anybody listening to, uh, imagine CJ and Mike. They're both beautiful men. Uh, oh, yeah. Just so beautiful. Ripped. I just mean, masculine as can be. Yeah, none of, that, <laughs> none, none of that's true. It's like if Fabio was looking in a mirror and saw two reflections looking back at him, and that's CJ and Mike. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm the yin to his yang, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, that's pretty much how it is. <laughs> so I... I'm going to play the doctor or mad scientist in this hypothetical question. And again, this is hypothetical because I know this cannot be done, but I sit them down in the chair. I pump their heads full of Novocaine. I cut their skulls open and I, I look into, into their brains, right? And they're both conscious. And just for the sake of, of this question, uh, we're going to go with the masses answer here and say that the, that the consciousness is held within the brain. Now I go in with my, micro or nano tweezers and i pick one singular cell off of mike's brain and i bring it over and i replace the exact same cell out of cj's brain with mike's cell Mm -hmm. and i keep doing that over and over and over again until both brains are swapped on a cellular level okay and i just build that brain up again do you believe and when would consciousness shift to the other body? Well, my short answer for you is it never would. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Mike on that one. I don't think it would. Which is which is kind of coming back to my other answer before. Yeah, I, I don't think it would transfer. I, I think I think the consciousness that is already uh, magnetized to that body would experience a slow transition of identity and personality. I don't I don't think at any certain point that um, consciousness would just um, just transfer. I, I don't think there'd be like a magical cell that would. Uh, kind of just transfer that that awareness that individual um individuated and that's what i was getting to too you're, you're looking at a neural structure inside the brain now you got to assume that we're both the same blood type too because the minute you put that cell oh, in somebody it. say the immune system's it gonna attack it but the, yeah, yeah, the hypothetically idea, the idea that you moved each individual cell you would still maintain the exact same neural structure within each of the brains, which uh, to my understanding is different like we don't have the same like we have the neural pathways but they're not necessarily laid out exactly the same we have the same quadrants we have the same areas of the brain but not necessarily wired in the exact same pattern okay so you maintain those individual patterns within the brain so you're not going to swap consciousness so you're just gonna hopefully one of us doesn't have hep c or something because <laughs> <laughs> all right so I, I have another step to this question okay but Let's go over what uh, other people have answered, right? I've heard everything Mm -hmm. from, oh, halfway through the brain, consciousness would shift, or half the consciousness Mm. would shift. We would share two separate bodies. Oh, would it split? So I was saying earlier, like, like, I think maybe it could be split depending on what's going on. You know? That's uh, one person in particular said they think that when you get halfway through the brain, that half a CJ would be in Mike and half a Mike would be in CJ. And you'd be seeing your consciousness through two different point of views. One second, Jeremy. Hold on. One, one second. One second here. 
I was just going to say, I don't necessarily think you'd be seen from two different vessels. I think necessarily the consciousness or the awareness, the essence of that awareness between the two might just merge into each other. It just mm. might just ex exchange. And because, uh, you know, coming back to my idea that like, like awareness is just its own, it's just neutral. It just is what it is. It's just an animating force. Um, it's just an essence. I like maybe that the, like the essences might just like they, they might swap half, but it'll, it'll still become enmeshed and still go back to being a whole awareness, its own neutral awareness. But I, like, I, like I said, because I think a lot, a lot of people like to correlate and attribute, which it might be the case. Um, a lot of people like to correlate personality and identity, the ego, with the actual awareness behind it. And right. so I think that's kind of where I see things a little differently. It's just, you know, because we're kind of swapping egos in yeah. a sense, identities, personalities, and the, and the construct that makes it up from the tool of the brain. So like, like my metaphor for the situation would be like if we looked at the the cartoon naruto there is an arc where kakashi is teaching naruto how to utilize his wind energy and in to use that he has to split the leaf using his wind energy uh, because he's trying to learn this technique called the rasengan and in order to do that naruto has to utilize this ability called the kagebunshin no jitsu and he separates into 10,000 different forms of himself, 10,000 separate consciousnesses that are operating on the exact same plan. They're the exact same person. They're doing the exact same task, but each of them is trying it in a different way. And when he reabsorbs all of those bodies, he has the memories from each and every individual one of them accelerating his learning process. Mm -hmm. And I really think that if we, if we were to split the consciousness, me would experience through you while me experiences through me at the exact same time and be the exact same person. But then uh, we would have to pass on for those two consciousnesses, and they would immediately reunite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a fascinating idea. And there's a lot of interesting stuff beyond that show too. So, so I'm going to move on to the next step of this question. Let's go ahead and say that we do this entire cell uh, transfer, but we do it through the entire body. So I literally take every cell from CJ and replace it with Mike cells one by one. So now at the end of my experiment, Mike is sitting where CJ was sitting and CJ is sitting where Mike is sitting. And they were completely restructured on the cellular level, one cell at a time. Would Mike's consciousness now be in CJ's body or would Mike's consciousness still be in Mike's body, but in the other seat? Hmm. My answer to that question, I think, on uh, first impulse, would be the same. The same awareness would still inhabit the new, the new, completely new vessel. Really? So I would become CJ, but with the same awareness as being a neutrality, I would still have now the personality, the viewpoint, the perspective, the reality, the, the bodily information, the bodily memory from CJ. Except my awareness would be experiencing that to its fullest extent now, and I feel that CJ would, you know, would still have CJ's initial awareness, but you know, vice versa. You would have all of your awareness and knowledge and CJ's awareness and knowledge? No, because like, that's what I was saying before. The important question to really um, delve deeper into all of this stuff is if memory is stored in consciousness. Because I'm perceiving consciousness being synonymous with, synonymous with just pure awareness as an animating force mm -hmm. in which it wouldn't be able to necessarily contain memory. You know, um, I, I feel like memory is kind of uh, situated on a lower plane of energy, whether it be the astral body. Scientists are, aren't, aren't even sure of memory store in the brain. I think that's more of an energetic thing. So, in like, I, I, like I was saying, I think I would still have my essential temporary usage of the collective awareness in this location, hmm. just utilizing a different, a completely different set of tools and frame, memories, ideas, knowledge, etc. It would just be a shift. 
And um, and I think that my initial awareness would, if you're doing cell by cell, would slowly having a would would be conscious and aware of that reality shift happening at a very 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 small small level over time. I feel like my idea is similar to yours, but uh, with one very large difference is that the memory would be stored in both the consciousness and the brain because the physical body has memory of what it experiences. Mm -hmm. And you have memory of what you experience in a, in a visual and, and a heightened sensory. So like if we were to swap bodies, like in the way Jeremy described, you would be experiencing you through my body and then have this whole slew of like odd impulses and strange uh, movements and things because my body's still going to operate the way it remembers how to operate while your consciousness is trying to operate the body the way you know how to operate a body and you're mm, going to have this like different look you yeah. have this like conflict so you're going to experience muscle memories you're going to experience the physical memories the physical aspects of the memories mm -hmm. and you're not going to understand them because those are my memories mm -hmm. where my and i'm going to experience the same thing inside your body where i know what i know and i've seen what i've seen but your body's been through things that it's been through mine's been through what it's been through and i'm going to experience what your body remembers and not have a conceptualized understanding of what i'm doing like like i'll be standing there like oh my head itches and maybe maybe you're left-handed and i'm right-handed and instead of going to scratch it with my right i instinctually move with my left because that's what the body remembers mm. okay yeah so, so i guess that the the difference overall is you're of the opinion that consciousness does store memory so that with, with that with that concept then there would be a dissonance and there would be a, a tug of war that's not, uh, uncertain as to why it would be happening i think that would destroy your psyche altogether to be completely, yeah, exactly what you said, but I think it would destroy you on a psychological mm -hmm. level because I, I know crazy. I know I'm going to go with my right hand. Why am I moving my left? Why is my body doing this? Like, I itch. I want to scratch. I move the scratch, but it's the wrong thing. Yeah, see, now, now where I come from in, in there is we're missing a key part of that, of that idea, and that would be the astral body. That would be the etheric body, and which to me is different from consciousness itself, although it utilizes consciousness and awareness. So... For me, that's like the that's like the mediator between the two. It, you know, is is what would happen to the astral body? What would happen to that, and how would that affect the inherent consciousness that was initially there? Well, we kind of talked about that on Mystery Stone once, where we have like the uh, the spirit exists within the ethereal mm -hmm. body, yeah, and then that's how it transitions through the planes on its vibrational level, and then the astral body is the link between the consciousness and the physical body, allowing it to vibrate on the third plane. Yeah, so here I would kind of perceive consciousness as being. Uh, the, the the active and then we have like the astral and the theoric and all that stuff is like the mediator and then we have like you know the physical body the vessel the inheritor as like the uh as the uh, magnetic or that which receives so um so yeah that that's that's kind of where i'm coming from and that consciousness doesn't necessarily contain its own individual memory although it contain contain the potential of all memory period of everything that can and cannot be um, and that the astral body in itself, the energetic body, would be capable of containing the energy since it's essentially electric and more on a material plane. So it can, it's more dense and able to hold concrete individual memory. So you think your astral body would transfer with the cell transfer? See, that, that's, that's, that's the one if, if one were to ask. The harder question for me personally would be, would, would the astral body change bodies? Right, I mean that kind of goes with what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that, too. That's that's a rough one. The astral body would maintain your your visual memories, your sensory memories, where yeah. your your physical body would maintain mm -hmm. the physical memories. And like I said, like if if you itched instead of reaching with the left, right, you'd reach with the left instead, and 
that would be mm-hmm. a very confusing experience. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So in that sense, you're it's an equation of awareness and astral body. I just have a, mm-hmm. a separation between function of pure awareness and astral body. The astral body is just the, uh, in terms of if that, if that would transfer or not. It's like a medium in that point. <laughs> yeah, it's a medium. Yeah. So, oh, man, if, if we're coming to that question, if if you want to do entertain, if you want to entertain that, um, if the astral body will transfer in something like that. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the astral body would transfer because it doesn't. I mean, it's anchored to to your physical body, but at, at a one a cell by cell trade back, like he takes one from me, gives it to you, takes one from you, gives it to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't think the astral body would move. I think it would stay anchored to its position because you're adding the cells back. You're not physically swapping the locations all at once. So the thing it's anchored to, it would just re-adhere. Yeah, it's interesting because that's like a, a that's like that's like a deal of magnetism. That 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 would that would kind of correlate to sympathy. Oh, like like man. like 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 does the astral body sympathize more and is attracted more to an awareness? Or is the astral body sympathize with more and is attracted more to a dense body? Or does it freak out like an organ transplant, reject the new body and leave? Yeah, just just abort mission. Like, well, this ain't right. Bye. <laughs> just be stuck on the astral plane then. I'm happy I got you guys talking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're asking us the questions that'll keep us talking forever. <laughs> so, what do you guys oh, think man. of that question? Was it did it live up to the expectations, CJ? I think it was a good question. That, that was a fun topic to talk about. Right. It was really inter- introspective, and uh, that was awesome. Yeah, it's awesome because it brought up a lot of rudiments, like a lot of branches of uh, questions that I never really considered before, and um, it was good. Good. That's awesome. That's what I was hoping for. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about the reactions I was getting from the people I was talking to. That particular question really bothered people. Um, The one about the the brain itself. You know, some people were like, yeah, they were on the fence. Yes, no, whatever. Um, But it really got to the point where people were getting upset, especially the ones that said, no, the consciousness wouldn't change. But once I said that the body, you know, let's move on to changing the body is over cell by cell that really upset people. And I think that kind of shown through when you guys were talking about how your consciousness would freak out and just say, you know, what the fuck is going on here and, and uh, get really confused about whatever. I think I was seeing that kind of projected in the people I was asking. You can see the anxiety building in some people. The thing is, Jeremy, when you ask people questions like this, if, if they haven't reached a point in their own What's the word I'm looking for? Like, like they're they're not ready to hear those questions. They have to be comfortable with challenging everything they ever considered to be real. And a lot yeah. of people aren't up for that. And a lot of people get held back because of that. And a lot of people stay stagnant. And a lot of people are become tribal because of that fear. There's there's like a weird like understanding because like if you if you look at people on a religious level, everybody has some sort of a belief in something. A belief in nothing is still a belief. Mm-hmm. So. You have Christians and agnostics and atheists and Hindus and Jews and 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 everything Zoroastrian, Rosicrucian. You have Shintos. Everything they all have something. Where, like, do I personally believe that I'm going to end up in hell? Absolutely not. I believe I'm going to move on to the next life to continue my my journey into understanding and enlightenment. Where a Christian in himself, and this is what I truly believe that if you follow the Christian faith and you follow Yahweh you are going to go to heaven or hell because that's the goal you're achieving. The best metaphor I can come up with is we're all playing different video games on the same console. It's like infinite possibility. Yeah. So whatever, whatever game you're playing yeah. is where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and I'm not playing the Christian game. I'm not going to heaven and I'm not going to hell. I'm going somewhere completely different because I'm on a different level, you know, and it's not necessarily like above Christians. It's not below Christians. It could be on par with Christians level wise, but it's a different level. Right. And, you know, so when you when you ask a question like that to somebody who isn't willing to look at or not, maybe not, not maybe not necessarily not willing, but they're not ready to look at those ideas and those concepts. It literally will cause them pain. Well, here's the thing: is like if if you're like I'm, my whole entire life is dedicated to like truth seeking, introspection, discovering the self, God, universe, etc. But I'm active in it. I, I don't I don't I don't stagnate. I don't I don't choose one path. I look at every single path. I look at all the metaphysics. I look at all all all, all the you know occultism, all types of stuff. You know, energy, myself, um, everything. I put it all together, math, math, like put the entire gambit of all information together and come up with a composite idea. And um, I don't like to have a belief because I feel beliefs are dams in consciousness that prevent people from growing. So I kind of just like to have a liquid mind on a lot of these things. But in terms of uh, if you're if you're a truth seeker, like and to the extent that I am dedicating your life to it, you have to be ready to, to experience psychosis numerous instances like there's so many times I live very ungrounded. Right. I, I live as if I feel like I'm like losing my, my, my shit because I challenge my baseline of what I what I lean towards to be true reality. I challenge that all the time. I, I break down, I break it apart, I read other perspectives, I I, I feel it, I resonate, you know, and so you have to be ready to like deconstruct and reconstruct your reality consistently. And it, it takes someone who's used to going down to the depths of darkness and uncertainty, used to facing their own unknown aspects of their self and what could be, and, uh, and challenging everything you ever thought to be real and being okay with not having a solidified idea in your mind as to what is real and kind of living life in a limbo state and open to new ideas all the time. And, and to a lot of people, that's very uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. I totally understand why people don't want to do it. Because mm -hmm. if you weren't as passionate about it as me, um, I don't know why anybody would want to put them through themselves through this type of path. It, it really is like it, it's physically painful sometimes. Like we, we did have a conversation at one point because I had this realization when uh, we were reading the Kabbalion together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, you know, there were there were aspects of truths within that book that made complete sense to me. And like, though, at the end of the day, I cannot be 100 percent certain that they are the truth, but it makes sense to me. And I'm, I can be fairly sure that they are. And in some of those truths, I didn't like them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, and you yep. have to be ready to accept that some things that are going to make sense to you, you're not going to like, and people yep. are not ready they for that, like that, which is why we have, we have orthodoxy and Catholicism and Protestant, Lutheran and Marxist and all this mess, because there are aspects to a single book that those people do not like, and they're not willing to accept. Yeah. So a lot of people like to reside in comfortability. You know, honestly, a lot of the beliefs I personally have that I've come to that worked so hard to achieve, I don't like, and um, I, don't, I don't like them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not going to lean towards it being a reality. So mm -hmm. that, that, that's the difference between someone who's a genuine truth seeker and someone who settles. And who is right or wrong, yeah. that's that. Uh, everyone might be right. Everyone be, might be wrong. You know, it's impossible. So yeah. the, the idea that within a microsecond or a million bajillion years from now, that we will all be reabsorbed to become one with the all once more and cease to be the individual and become one with the all. I hate that. That's shit to me. Like, I don't like that. Yeah, it sounds a little scary and kind but, of pointless, you know? <laughs> but at the same time, it makes sense to me. It does. And especially when you observe that, like, if you look at individual galaxies and universes, uh, through, I'm sorry, individual galaxies throughout the universes, that they behave like neurons. They behave like brain structure. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have our brains that behave that way. And then, like, if you think, if in your head when you're daydreaming, if you invent 
characters and and you're inventing these actions you're you're doing a very micro uh, cosmic level of what the all has done to create us yes and then when you stop thinking about that that creation becomes you once more so in in a moment briefly you're you're a god mm-hmm. in in a way and then you reabsorb that and that's eventually what's going to happen to us and i hate that notion but i accept it as truth and not many people are willing to take something that makes sense to them and accept it because they don't like it yeah, and I think I, I know we're kind of digressing here. We're gonna get back to what you want to say. Um, but the last thing I have to say on that is, is I just in terms of that, I just kind of feel like it's the ego struggle to maintain prominence and maintain its own individuality. And uh, I, I think a lot of people are bound back by that identity aspect, and um, they like to cling to something. And um, I think it's, it, I think it's beyond the clinging that one discovers themselves and ultimate and, and ultimately aspects of truth that they never would have been able be able to beforehand that's my opinion and we've digressed and uh (laughs) what we got (laughs) so i've had more people be far more comfortable or say that consciousness could easily change with the brain than doing the experiment with the entire body I'm kind of stumbling over myself here. I had another question. Crazy concept. You were not expecting these types of answers from us. <laughs> we also digressed a lot too. I'm not going to lie I'm to you. Gonna... I'm going to have to listen to this episode and do some research or ask CJ. I'm probably going to message you a thousand times when I'm actually listening to this episode and being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what? Which means I'll probably be messaging Mike and be like, Jeremy wants to know what the fuck this is. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you want to contact me, you know, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love well talking about this stuff. Follow them on Instagram. They do the Instagram thing. Yeah, I have my Instagram. I have a lot of my writings and stuff on there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, all that. But anyway, yeah, it's a, we can talk about that, though. Why do you think more people are comfortable with the idea of brain transparent? Or, you know what? I'm going to skip that question because, no. I'm gonna skip that question. I don't. I don't think it's relevant. No, 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 that's that's a good question. I like where that he, was going. That's a good question. He might not like the uh, the opinions or. It's because things. they're comfortable. They're com- It's tangible. Yeah. It's well, tangible and it's physical and it's comfortable to think about that. Yeah. And then the bodies will test 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 their consciousness a lot more it, and they get uncomfortable. It makes sense because you can touch it. You can see it. You can you could taste it if you really wanted to. I don't recommend it, but it, it's comfortable when your senses can perceive it and you don't have to think about it on a spiritual level. Yeah. So I, I'm not a not a spiritual guy, and this this question really makes me uncomfortable. And I'm very happy that we don't have the technology to do it because if we were able to reconstruct somebody uh, in, at the cellular level and swap an entire body, and either way, either either one, whatever the outcome was, whether it was that the consciousness did shift over or the consciousness stayed in its physical location and the body physically changed. Or if the somehow the consciousness mended together in some way and the two people woke up completely psychotic and ran around mm-hmm. trying to kill everybody and just pissed off at the world because now they don't understand anything. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the outcome of this experiment is. I'm not comfortable with it. And it is a very uncomfortable thing to think about for myself. And I yeah. I know where a lot of people are coming from, you know, when I ask them these questions and I man, dude, I've seen people get really upset over it. And honestly, like I was so excited to talk about this particular question with so many people because not only did I get different answers from almost everybody in some f- form of fashion, but I also got a different answer from myself. And 
it was exciting to see everyone's questions and put yourself into the reality that they were trying to present and say, well, if that happened, I would be uncomfortable with that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I know I'm kind of going a little left field here. To me, I know you guys are, are spiritual uh, guys, and you guys believe in, in a lot of uh, really cool stuff. But Yeah, lean toward it, yeah. But to me, this kind of screams that we're living in the Matrix. And all this mm-hmm. shit just doesn't make sense because there are loose ends on a lot of questions in life. Everywhere. And um, it's 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 uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Is uh, I guess on the surface, listening to me or how I describe how I feel, you you think I have like this, you know, textbook psychosis, schizophrenia type deal that you know they just attribute all this stuff to. But at the end of the day, you know, everybody will be psychotic. Everyone should be psychotic because I I feel that a lot of us just fill in our extremely infinitesimally limited minds with beliefs as boundaries and as walls to stop the flood of, of any other information coming in because it's just too much. And a lot of us like to settle on comfortability and a lot of us like to settle on what's in front of our face. And when you really start to, and like, I, I've had a whole life of journaling, writing, questioning, studying, research, my own practices, et cetera, like delving deep and deep and deep, even, even psychedelic substances, those experiences, things along those lines. You know, when, when you get so far deep into things and you inherently know that there's something beyond what's presented on the surface, at least you feel, I don't know. I mean, I could be crazy, but there's a lot of people like me then. You but know. like, but, but when you get down to it, I don't understand. And I understand that people want to be comfortable and it's, it's a kind of the ego's function of maintaining sanity. But I think at base level, we are born insane. I think, I, I, I think, I think at base level, if one would just stop the belief system, stop relying on faith, like just just eradicate you know faith as being a blind hope that a belief is true and a belief is inherently true if you get rid of those concepts in your mind and you perceive existence for what it really is aside from all labels human conceptions things along those lines at the end of the day we don't know a thing to be true we don't know a thing to be concrete we we, we don't have any idea what anything is and everything we feel we believe most likely is not true and 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 everyone has a different universe inside them, different constructs made up of different limitations, and and and, and experiences based off a of limitation. And everyone's coming together in this hodgepodge of chaos here on this on this globe. Everyone thinks they have it all figured out, and I certainly don't. And I know that behind the scenes, everyone's crazy and losing their and losing their shit because once someone challenges their core beliefs that's attached to their ego, then they get infuriated. It creates wars. It creates chaos because people are so adhered to these things that keep them sane and comfortable and having this hope that they've longed for their entire life. I have mine as well, but I'm not saying mine is true because I don't think it necessarily is. Like you said, I'm happy you're saying that because I feel I'm not so alone. And when I'm actively doing this work all the time, you do go through so many periods where you feel ungrounded, unstable, <sighs> uncertain, crazy, psychotic. Especially you have to take the, a step back. The like decon- it's a lot. Especially during the deconstructive periods. Yeah. Where you're really trying to accept some new conscious. And honestly, Jeremy, you're saying you're not a spiritual person and maybe you're not directly, but the fact that you're starting to ask these questions is a sign that you're beginning to look towards the enlightenment in itself and whatever your personal enlightenment is, is going to be up to you altogether. But if you were not actually a spiritual person, you wouldn't be asking these questions. Well, yeah. So just one thing I want to say on that. Sorry. One thing I want to say on that is I think spirit, I think people have this construct, this guy, these the spirituality, you know, to me, spirituality is just someone who literally looks inward into their own spirit and subsequently into the, into the universe that's connected to, and just having a deeper understanding as to what is, you know, it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. you practice anything. It can be an intellectual 
thing, but you know, I, I think the whole term of spirituality has kind of been misconstrued mm-hmm. in a certain sense too. But one hundred percent. Anyways, one hundred percent. It's a philosophical concept where you start to ask these questions, yeah. and you're like, "Well, what is this? I'm curious." And the the first spark is, "I'm curious. I want to know. Like, what do people think? Yeah, like and, what is actually going on?" And here? then, yeah, when you start asking, like, "What? Yeah, what is going on? Like, what is happening?" That's the first sign that you're awake. Yeah. And it's not fun. It's not comfortable. No, you know? <laughs> and you may not experience it in this lifetime, and it could be in the next or wherever it is that you end up. Or because there's really only one way to find out, and we're all going to get there eventually. Hopefully, not yeah. right this second, but you know we're going to get there. But like the fact that you're asking these questions and and you're curious about it, and you want to know what other people think, is a sign that you're beginning to search for that enlightenment. And you could end up in a church somewhere. You could end up in a mosque. Who knows? Or your own temple. Yeah, at home. <laughs> yeah. Right. You could you could develop your own system of ideas. But I believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, see, whatever. <laughs> Trying to Bigfoot in the backyard, man. Hey, well, Bigfoot was a massive spiritual uh, entity yeah, for, for a lot of Indian tri- uh, cultures. And, yeah, and oh, yeah. Tons yeah, of absolutely. <laughs> but uh, but like, you're, you're asking those questions, but and anyway. it's, it's important. It's a, it's an important, and, and like, and maybe you don't understand it right now, but like, it actually makes me and I, maybe even you, Mike, like, really happy that somebody else is beginning to ask these questions. We can have these conversations. Yeah, at least you're just breaking out of the comfortability. Yeah, for sure. And I'm happy that you actually are, and, and that you're experiencing those uncomfortable feelings, and that you see that in other people, and you kind of see how how they squirm back to their, you know, their comfortable hole, you know, which is fine. It's not their path. But no, anyway. So I, I know we're kind of. I don't want to get too off topic, because uh, yeah. now we're getting more into faith and and spirituality yeah. here. I am naturally a very curious person. I have books on books on books on multiple different subjects mostly on cryptozoology and urban legends, but I also have a lot of stuff by uh, Carl Sagan. I also own a Bible. The same, you know, the same questions that I'm asking you guys, I ask, you know, I dive into my buddy Jake's mind quite a bit about Christianity and, and the beliefs in Christianity. I, I like to, I like knowledge. I like knowledge in a lot of different yeah. things. And that that's, uh, you know, I want to see everyone's, everyone's point of view on things. And through everyone else's point of view, I, I kind of build my own. You literally just described the process of enlightenment, listening and receiving different ideas from different sources and coming to your own just having a liquid conclusions. mind. Yeah. Not having an air mind, not having a solid mind, but a liquid mind. That's why in, in Buddhism, they do believe that too. Like you don't necessarily need to be a Buddhist to become enlightened. You'll get there on your own eventually without the guidance of Buddha. Yeah. I think that we're going to not dive into the next section that I wanted to. Um, <laughs> be like three more hours. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're already at an hour and twenty minutes, and yeah. this this I, other topic. I got thirty minutes. I got thirty minutes. Mm, this other topic was supposed to be an episode all by itself. Before, wow. yeah. So, I I think that we're gonna end up stopping it roughly here. Uh, Mike, I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, man, for sure. I appreciate it. You definitely you. brought a very unique point of view, and I would absolutely love to have you on for future future episodes. I'm very curious as to what you would bring to like an urban legends or a cryptid episode. I would love to see the metaphysical side or the metaphysical point of view to some of these Bigfoot or Mothman topics. 
Yeah, see, you know, honestly, even when it came to those topics, I'm not even necessarily so sure it would be a metaphysical idea. You know, it'd be, even back back in the day, uh, I used to research this stuff. All The cryptozoology used to be one of the biggest topics I used to research in elementary school on my own. Nice. Like, I, I used to get into that stuff real heavy. So, yeah, I, I had things in my mind from the ultimate to truth, to metaphysics, to magic, to cultism, to cryptozoology, to just uh, everything. You know, conspiracy theories, you know, I've... I've uh, fucked my psychology up a good deal, you know, <laughs> searching through all these things. <laughs> good, good. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I could definitely contribute, you know, at least at some point to that if it were to come up. Um, and it might not even be metaphysical explanations, you know, I might have my own interpretations as well. This stuff could be, you know, so. Anytime, man. Anytime. You're definitely welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, man. Um, CJ, you. second episode in the books, man. How do you feel? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, always i'm in a perpetual state of tired no i had a i had a, I had a lot of fun Th- this is the conversation that i like to have the me, you know, like me me and mike like after we really seriously we'd sit down we'd record a podcast for an hour and a half and then go downstairs for five hours and talk about the same shit <laughs> so <laughs> that, that'll go home and think about it all day because that's what i do <laughs> it's, it's crazy that's how jake and i was were too and we we're like why don't we just literally only have conversations while we're recording it 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 would make sense to just record everything that we say to each other because all the really, really good stuff happens off air. Yeah, man. That's the thing is like when there's like pressure involved or like you're in this location, like even me, it's like, okay, all right, we're doing this. You yeah. Know what I mean, but, it, but to have it happen organically, you know, so many times I'm talking to people, I'm like, damn, I wish this was being recorded right now. <laughs> right. It's so crazy. I, 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 I totally get it. I totally get it. So Mike, if anybody wanted to kind of peek in on more of your work, or any projects that you're currently doing, how can they uh, follow you? Um, you know, I do a lot of writing on my own. Most of it's not posted anywhere. Um, I do art, drawing, I write, you know, I do all types of things. Um, I'm eventually gonna be writing a book on a couple of things. But, um, you know, at the moment, um, just pretty much my Instagram, if anyone, anyone wants to get a hold of me or follow me or check out my stuff, I have some writings on there, some photography on there, some art on there. A lot of my, you know, writings are I'm um, in the descriptions of the photos. It goes in depth into you know my views, you know my position, my poetry, uh, my ideologies and concepts and things along those lines. And you know this, it's it's kind of metaphysical, esoteric based to some degree, but it deals with a lot of concepts. Um, so pretty much just right for now. Um, the best way to to reach me, or if you're ever curious about my stuff, or you know things involving my future, anything I'm going to do, um, if that's you know value to anybody for whatever reason, uh, my Instagram is um, the dot omniscient dot void um it's pretty much has like in terms of the picture it's like a, it's kind of like a sun it's like a simple looking sun with the moon coming over it's blue and yellow and yeah so that's about it my instagram once more is the dot omniscient dot void and that's pretty much all i got right that's so thank you no thank you man i really do appreciate you coming on that was a lot of fun For sure. that was awesome thank you i really hope that the questions were good because i was super excited about asking them <laughs> yeah it was great <laughs> those are some good questions questions i never even thought of before good so it was excellent um i also have some instagram news while wes is away i have started up my own instagram for my position here as host on infinite rabbit hole uh you can find me on instagram at irh jeremy that's i-r-h-j-e-r-e-m-y simple as that i post some stuff it's all infinite rabbit hole related uh just from my point of view so if anybody listening wants to follow me on instagram feel free you can also follow us at facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole twitter.com forward slash infinite rh and 
if you want to email us, you can do so at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Again, we're always looking for people that want to come on and tell us their stories, whether it be about a paranormal experience, a cryptozoological experience, an out-of-body experience. Um, I mean, if somebody did some crazy DMT and wants to tell us about that, let's <laughs> let's talk about it. Um, yes. Infinite rabbit holes topics are 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 very broad. Uh, we don't zoom in on anything in particular. So if you have something that's going to leave questions in the minds of the listeners, go ahead and reach out to us at any of our socials or our email, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you about getting you on. Uh, CJ, huh? Where can they follow you and Barrenland Studios at? Oh, at Barrenland Stew on Twitter. Although I'm going to be changing that because I'm going to be including updates for Infinite Rabbit Hole and stuff on that account. So, um, nowhere right now. TBD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely to be determined. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Also, just guess real quick, I forgot to mention. Um, me and CJ were doing a podcast before. I'm not sure, you know, in terms of it's going to be resumed or when it will be. Um, but I'm going to be putting them up on YouTube eventually. And our podcast was named, uh, our name was Mystery Stone Podcast. And uh, we used to talk about a lot of metaphysical things. We had like 20 some episodes. Um, I'm slowly trying to trick them on the YouTube onto that, onto that, that channel. And um, you know, kinda, we might be resuming it at some point, maybe. I'm not def- sure, but... Definitely. And, I'm act- and inside, I'm actually kind of glad it went on a hiatus because it gives us a chance to move away from the witchcraft, which really seems to be like where that was going a lot and and like that was like our primary audience and that really wasn't the the target we were trying to hit so okay interesting yeah yeah no so it kind of gives us a chance to like a little reboot v2 it yeah at some point yeah. So, so yeah yeah definitely look out for that if anyone's interested in hearing that type of stuff so yeah cool that's all i have again right cool. on well that was the episode on the human consciousness I do have another topic that kind of goes hand in hand with this. We probably will be recording next weekend. Yep. That's been another episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Oh, take care, guys. Bye-bye. See it. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash infinite rh. Follow us on Instagram at infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole. We're always looking for someone that has a story to share. So if you feel like you've experienced a strange encounter with something that you can't explain, reach out to us. Let us know. Come on. Have a good time. Tell your story. And if for some reason you don't want to show up on a podcast, send us a letter in our email in a format that we can read to the fans. And we'll be more than happy to read it to everybody. Well, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time down the infinite rabbit hole.